You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 512. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of the Fox Sci-Fi series Fringe. So, uh, you are on the final leg of a three-day weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, and, Memorial uh, Day. Did you get together with parents? Uh, we did. Well, my dad is, he was in the hospital and now he's out of the hospital, but he's in a rehab facility. Um, so, uh, so we got together with my mom Okay. and my sisters took my mom over to, to see my dad. So. Oh, now is he up by me? He's in, uh, Sykesville. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's not too bad for you. No, it's not too bad. And it's kind of on my way home from school, so like during the week, I'll be able to pop in and see him and everything. So, well, sorry to hear but, it, but yeah, to make the holiday uh, thought yeah. to turn into kind of a bummer one. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, I guess that's the thing. You and I have had this conversation many times. When you get to be our age, that means our parents are of a certain age as well. So it's uh, it's tough, but uh, you know, I mentioned you having a three day weekend and. Here in the States, we are celebrating Memorial Day, and I don't know what the rest of the world does, but here it's intended to honor the men and women who fought to preserve uh, democracy, and yet we have a political party that seems unwilling to denounce white supremacy and at the same time employs basic fascist playbook and dude I, I know it's going on in a lot of countries and and you know a lot of our listeners out there might be shaking their head yet yeah, we know what you're talking about and i mean i'm sorry if you're <laughs> on the side that that i'm bringing up here but uh you know history is history facts are facts and and i, I guess i bring it up also because of the irony related to the episode we're about to talk about. Right. So, um, well, yeah. And hey, Fred even mentions it in his feedback as well. You know, like it's, a, there's a disturbing, uh, worldwide trends. It seems towards reactionary, uh, you know, kind of political thoughts and, and beliefs. Yeah. I don't know why, you know, like it seems like for so long, We've been, you know, trending in the way of, you know, more inclusivity, more human rights. And I guess the more that happens, there's always going to be the people who who fight back against it. I think part of it is just that now, like, you know, whereas I think we've talked about this before, you know, like, you know, you, you might have like the guy grumbling in the bar about, you know, how the world's going to hell in the handbasket and uh, the president this. I mean, but it would just be him grumbling to himself in the bar. Well, now that guy has a phone. And he can get on Twitter, and now all of a sudden he can reach millions of other people. And you know, yeah. And then there's that guy that can tell his followers to get out and storm the Capitol. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's put that to rest. But but again, it is Memorial Day, and 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 that's what we're supposed to be celebrating. We're supposed to be celebrating yeah. democracy, right, and freedom, right, and, and honoring the men and women that give up their lives willingly to defend that. So all right, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, just a reminder, we record typically Monday or Tuesday, so any feedback's got to be in by Sunday night, Eastern Time. Audio feedback, six-minute time limit. Um, if you want to contact us, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do that. Uh, one piece of news, but before I bring that up, and, and it's good news, you know, I, 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 you and I have talked, we don't typically listen to sci-fi TV rewatch 
after we record it and after I edit it, because um, we're listening to other podcasts. But it does appear, well, it doesn't appear, it, 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 over the past few weeks, ads have been appearing on our podcast. And, and Fred has brought it up a couple of times with me. And what I really found out, I guess I should know this, probably a year or so ago, I had the opportunity to check a box on our host Podbean that, yes, we want to take advantage of automatic ad insertion into the podcast and we will reap the monetary rewards. Well, okay, for a year, no ads appeared. Suddenly, about a month ago, they start appearing. And one of the last episodes had four at the beginning of the episode. Now, they were short right. ads, but still. Very and, then at, and at the end of the day, I think we generated like about $6.32 <laughs> or something like that. So anyway, you'd think it would be easy, but no, I finally found the box to uncheck. <laughs> so hopefully that's it for the ads on Sci-Fi TV Rewind. Right. But, we got a cool 632 in our pockets now. Yeah. Well, actually, I think you had to get to like 10 bucks before they would pay. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, um, Foundation Season 2 is going to return on Max, formerly known as HBO Max, uh-huh. on July 14th. One episode a week. Looks like it's going to be a 10-episode season again. So, you know, you and I haven't talked, but I certainly think we enjoyed season one. So whether we're going to cover it on the podcast or not, you know, we'll let you guys know. But it's certainly something good to look forward to on Max. Uh, That is, if you have Max at that point, which you may not by the sound of it. Well, no, I guess I got to hold on to it. I don't know. It's, it's, I keep... You know, it's like a, like, not necessarily a bad relationship you're in, you know, but a relationship maybe you kind of want to get out of, but then it's not that bad. And you yeah. actually realize you kind of like it. And <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just so much stuff on there. And right now, like, Fringe is on there and everything. Though I do have the DVDs of Fringe. I can watch that. It's just a lot easier to pull it up on the the, the, the streaming service. So. Yeah, and and I, I think for a lot of us, the fact that they pulled Westworld off completely really leaves a bad taste in our mouth. Right. So, See, you know, yeah, if that was going to make my move, I would have made it when they dumped Westworld. I didn't, so you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm just but, a slave to to. Well, I can't even say HBO to Max now. Yeah. Now, what I'm watching, uh, my wife and I are into season two of Invisible City. And as, as she and I were talking tonight, it's season two is not quite as compelling. It's only five episodes in the second season. So we've got two to go. Uh, they're 35 minutes. So we'll finish it up. But, you know, it, it's not as good as season one. I did see a Dutch film on Netflix titled Faithfully Yours, which I don't know if you ever saw the film Strangers on a Train. It's nope. like from the 50s. And it's basically these two strangers get together. On a train? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they arrange to commit a murder for the other person. So they're each committing a murder. But it's like dude A is is killing the guy right. that, you know, you get it. Yeah. So so this movie, it's sort of a take on that, except the two women are covering for each other so they can carry out extramarital affairs. 
and of course things go awry and it was pretty good i i will say so a 90 minute movie which you oh, know is in my go. wheelhouse yeah. yeah it's perfect for you all right so what about you okay um so first of all i want to get this out because i want to be done with this and have my hands washed of it um i finally finished bono's book and you know i am a big youtube fan but this book was so difficult to get through like i would not recommend it at all like i thought it was going to be basically about you know the band and everything like that and it was a little bit at first and then all of a sudden he's just talking about himself and granted, he does a lot of amazing stuff. Like, I admire the dude a lot. You know, like, he gives his time and money. He puts his money where his mouth is. He actually does things to, to make the world a better place. But to freaking read about it, man, oh, my Lord. <laughs> it was just, it was such a struggle. Like, I, it was so, like, I, I felt I was actually punishing myself, making me, like, my, my daughter says, you know, you can just stop reading it. I'm like, but I I just can't, you know, like I have to finish it. I can't, I can't quit. You know, I, I feel bad enough that I, I gave up on, uh, was that, um, infinite jest. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it for this one. So uh, the wisdom of children. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, now when so you it's say done with, but, uh, I would, like I said, I would not recommend it. Okay. Difficult to read. Not like Thomas Pinchon. Difficult no, like to read. Difficult. Like, Oh my God. He's just oh, yeah. name drop. How many names is he going to drop? on this page oh well looks like about 15 like when you're expecting it to be a book about like the band right and and the stuff that that happened to the band and everything and they just kind of really talks about in the first couple chapters it's like all right now i'm gonna spend the rest of this time talking about myself it's just like ah dude so oh well not not recommended and everything Uh, but i am reading uh uh good omens now by uh, Neil Gaiman and, and Terry Pratchett. Pritchett, Pritchett, I think. Yeah, we haven't gotten to season two yet. I don't know why. We love season one. I mean, is, is, the show. I, is season two even out? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm oh, is sure. Okay. I think it's been out a while. Has it? Did I see it? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a sign you watch too much TV. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I, I think you've nailed it on the head there. Uh, but anyway, the, the book is, is it's everything about this book, is it? Like, well written. Uh, funny interesting so um so yeah uh what i'm actually watching uh, is uh, i actually just i I started a couple weeks ago and uh yes i I don't know if i'm caught up or it's the end of it but the white house plumbers uh it's a mini series on hbo about the guys who broke into the uh to watergate hotel yeah oh yeah yeah so it's uh, pretty good. Um, Justin Thoreau plays G. Gordon Liddy, and Woody Harrelson plays Howard Hunt. And, uh, you know, it's, it's disturbing and funny all at the same time and everything. So uh, I'm wrong. Season two hasn't come out yet. July. Okay. See? Yeah, yeah, there you I'm go. not losing my mind, bro. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, White House Plumbers is, is uh, pretty darn good. I don't, I don't even know if it's done yet. I don't know. I was watching the last episode last night after, um, you know, a full day of being out in the sun and at my daughter's field hockey tour. Actually, two days of field hockey tournaments, and uh, I was pretty tired, so I was kind of nodding off at the end there. So, okay, uh, then the last one. This was a uh, a movie that a friend of mine recommended uh, because it's a hockey movie, 
It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Odd Man Rush. And I give it a solid meh. It was it was decent. There was some, you know, typical when you make a movie about hockey, you have to like have all the bizarre things hockey teams do and the rituals that they have and everything like that. And um, but uh, and it was about this kid who a, a guy who went to Harvard and played hockey there uh, had dreams of making it in the NHL, but was in like the Swedish minor league system and everything. It was. It was okay. It was there was some funny moments. There's some cute moments, but uh, it was yeah, eh, yeah. I don't know. It was no young blood. It was no young blood. It certainly was no goon, which is maybe the finest hockey movie I've I've ever seen, um, or uh, Slapshot, which is, or or Miracle, which is up there as well. Those are all awesome uh, hockey movies, but uh, this one was just an okay one, but it still had hockey in, it, so it was pretty good. Okay, so all right. that's it. All right, well, let's get to Fringe. Season 2, Episode 13, titled The Bishop Revival, written by Glenn Whitman and Robert Chiapetta, who wrote 207 of Human Action. That was the one where that scientist kid could make people do stuff. Uh, Directed by Adam Davidson, aired January 28, 2010. So we seem to need to spend a little bit of time on titles these days, which I think is certainly a good thing for us as podcasters so i mean is this merely about the work of robert or are, are we going to visit his work i don't want to say revisit because you know this is really the first time we've heard of mm-hmm. robert bishop or robert bischoff uh you know we, we learned that uh, there was a name change but i guess more to the point how much of walter's work results from his father and his father's work right and i i think the end you know, I, I, I clearly Walter, at least clearly to me, Walter knows more than he's letting on, which is, of course, not the first time something like this has happened. And he doesn't necessarily look at that photograph that the camera shows us with right. his, his father circa 1943 or 44 and then you know, the dude from this episode looking exactly the same standing in the back row. So right. and even if they had noticed that, would would they think, Oh, wow, that that dude really is over a hundred years old. Like, yeah, that guy is uh you know, that's that's definitely the guy we killed is is definitely the guy in this photograph. You know, like they were, they would never make I don't think they'd ever make that connection. As many goofy things happen uh to the fringe team, I don't think that they would have made that quite that connection. Well, you know, and it's funny because, you know, Walter mentions that the DNA he analyzes seems to imply that that the person's over 100 years old and he seemingly discounts it as a byproduct of the the lack of, you know, DNA quantity that he was able to analyze. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we go back and and obviously you know history, I know history, I'm sure a lot of the listeners, Nazi scientific achievements have been well documented, and though many were you know, obviously horrific, you know, there were plenty of others that not so much. I mean, our space program uh, certainly owes a debt to people like Werner von Braun, who was you know, one of the you know, forerunners at, at NASA yeah. when, when that came Big, into, Huge Nazi, when, though. Yeah, he was absolutely, and obviously we 
overlooked a lot of that to to get the knowledge that they had and and i'm sure in a lot of cases their excuse was well i'm just a scientist i don't know what they're going to you know but we have that same conversation about people like oppenheimer and you know the atomic bomb so yeah i'm certainly not making excuses for the nazis but just the fact that they did some you know, miraculous things scientifically. Yeah. And, and I, you know, just, I mean, while I appreciate the space program, I cannot morally give Werner von Braun any kind oh, no. of free pass at all. Oh, that of guy course knew not. what was, he was, you know, he was a, a participant in the Holocaust. Uh, of course not. So and, he, 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 you know, but, uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. That's, that's the thing, right? Like that. Um, I mean, these guys, well, I mean, I guess, you know, if you are given a carte blanche to do whatever you want to do and you don't have to hold yourself to any type of, of morality in your um, experiments, then, well, you can probably, you know, make some pretty startling discoveries. But Well, yeah. well right. And, and, but I bring it up in this case because and, – and I forget what the guy – do we ever learn the guy's name in this episode? We, I believe we do not. I don't think I ever uh, – I didn't catch it. And I didn't look it up in IMDb to see if they gave the character name. But is he really 100 years old? So we were certainly led to believe, right? Well, if that's the case, then did, you know, Nazi scientists discover, I'm making air quotes, the fountain of youth, not the literal fountain of youth that Ponce de Leon was looking for when he came over in the, I guess, 16th century. But uh, did they find some you know, way to manipulate genes or, and I hesitate to use the C word because I know Fred will get all excited, but is he perhaps a clone of this individual? Yeah. Uh, Because I don't want to say, oh, he looks exactly like it. No, sorry. No, you know, I I mean, I know we throw that phrase around. You look exactly like your mother. Okay. Well, there's a resemblance, but you know, this this was that dude. So so we don't get an answer. Does Walter know more about his father's work than he said at this point? I mean, ha- has he seen you know uh, files that his father was working on that might explain somebody? Because yeah. it doesn't seem like Walter Bishop to like. Well, it looks like this person's over a hundred. Eh, we'll throw that information off to the side, yeah, right? Or. Here's how we solve the problem. We just straight up kill the guy. Yeah. And and again, puts Broyles in a position where, all right, what do I do here? Do I act as a law enforcement officer and bring this individual into the system? And while he may be acquitted in the end, he's going to have to go through a lot. And, and, and Broyles does what Broyles does. It's like, good night, Doctor Bishop. Yeah, <laughs> and and we know that's going to be the end of it because Broyles sees the big picture. He can't afford to lose Walter Bishop in this fight because it. it, it yeah, but then I mean, again, he can't have Walter going around just killing dudes. Like you, you know, like hey, if we just capture this guy, maybe we find out why he's a hundred years old. And if there's others that he's working with and things like that, you know, like, but yeah. Walter denies them. And again, that is, you know, is that part of the, this idea that Walter knows more than, than he does because 
you know, with that guy dead, there's no uncomfortable questions that, you know, he might get asked. Right. Now we've got his lab and, and we assume we've got his work. I don't, you know, you know, a lot of times we say, I don't really remember what's going to happen down the road. I kind of remember what's going to happen down the road regarding this and, um, spoiler alert, go away from the, your, uh, listening device for about 15 seconds. I'm actually, I can't remember. So I'm taking my headphones off too. Go ahead. No, no, I don't think we do. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I think that's it. For the, yeah. For this. I'm pretty sure that's it. Like, cause I was like, Oh, you do. Like, I don't remember anything about this at all. Like, <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and that's. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say it's a shame because I don't think we should have more Nazis unless it's like hunters and having Nazis being killed. I'm, I'm fine with that. But uh, you know, at the end, obviously, we're saying, what's the deal with this guy? Was he really the guy in that picture? You know, but we don't. We have no like we don't know at all. Like we just have some suggestion, and I don't know whether that's good or bad. Like sometimes I, I would argue that ambiguity. In an ending can oftentimes be good. Uh, the that aforementioned Odd Man Rush, the movie I talked about, mm-hmm. uh, the ending is very abrupt and ambiguous. And uh, so and at first I was like, you know, part of me is just like, what? Ah, oh, come on. And then other part of me is like, oh, okay, I I see what's going on here. All right, that, that's that's all right. So um, I guess I'm kind of in that mode with with this ending here. You know, that on the one hand I'm like. I would have liked to have known more, but on the other hand, if you're just leaving it kind of uncertain, I guess I'm kind of all right with that as well. Yeah, and and now that you're going to hopefully keep HBO, you can finally get to Succession, which keeps appearing in your uh, HBO. Or no, it's like the first thing. It's like it's just basically saying, Wayne, just just go ahead and start watching this now. Yeah. Well, the series finale was last night, so uh, I mean. My wife and I, I had enough sense to stop talking to her about it because uh, we clearly disagreed on the meaning of the ending. And uh, while certainly there's a, a lot of ambiguity there, it's not as if the family drove up to the nearby diner, got out of the car, and then everything went to black. So <laughs> wasn't quite that bad. But uh, no, I, I like the ending to that. But yeah, I know what you're saying. And I, I mean, I guess, do we have to wonder? Look, I mean... Cloning is not off the table, obviously. No, not at all. So are there dozens of this dude right. around the country, around yeah. the world, doing the same thing, which is a terrifying prospect? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, anyway, so we uh, well, let's go ahead and leave that because we don't have an answer for, right. yeah, uh, for, yeah. for that. Um, you know, the opening scene where we're in the – uh, I guess it's a synagogue, right? Uh, well, no, no. Obviously, the groom's Jewish. We yeah. don't necessarily know. It looks like it's just at some place, you know. Right, and we're waiting for a wedding to take place, dude. I, I don't know about you. Um, I mean, I, I don't feel I was nervous before my wedding. I mean, the only thing that I was perhaps nervous at all was how late my wife was going to be. <laughs> And her family literally lived across the street from the church. Dude, I mean, you know, like 200 feet. Right. <laughs> so in that regard, I thought, all right, if she's too late, I'll just go over and 
by the way, and, and she wasn't. Yeah, but, once all my groomsmen made it there, I was cool. That was the thing I was a little nervous. Yeah, about. I mean, and and to to watch this guy, like, okay, are you? Maybe you shouldn't be marrying this woman if if you're this nervous or whatever. Okay, but anyway, that's that's I guess not really <laughs> part of the main story. Um, how it, the grandmother who is the Holocaust survivor. At first, watching it, she you know she sees this guy. It's like, all right, who who is he? I don't recognize him. And then she recognizes him. And and the second time, watching the episode, it's like, oh, now we really get a sense of, you know, why she is so alarmed because she remembers him. Right. So, again, does she remember this exact individual? Or, you know, like yeah. we said, again, we don't need to keep well, going down. Yeah, we don't. I mean, the guy obviously either is or looks exactly like a Nazi. Like, well, I mean, to say a he Nazi looks exactly that she like remembers. a Nazi. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, because it's, I think as Fred says, I mean, the minute you see like, oh, Nazi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but he looks like a specific guy from the World War II area, era who is, you know, obviously a war criminal. Uh, the woman recognizes him. So is it the guy? You know, Walter's statement that this DNA is 100 years old would suggest that, yeah, that's him. You know, either way, right? Uh, um, you know, I, what I thought you might say is, you know, it, and Fringe does it twice here, and they do it often. And, and actually, it's it's very cliche that, you know, in the beginning, we're introduced to some people, and they're nice, and we like them, and then they're dead, you know? Now, like, I get you're trying to build up, like, some emotional like involvement like for us to to feel it when these people are killed and to demand that they be brought you know their their killer be brought to justice but it's just like when you know it when you're just like ah shit like ah, everyone's saying how in love they are and how happy they are and but they're all gonna be dead well not they're, you know someone's definitely gonna die um and i didn't know everyone was gonna die like this well actually i did because i remember from yeah originally watching this you know, and then they show a mom talking to her kid. Oh, isn't that cute? The mom and kid talking. And well, again, well, one of them's going to die. You know, it's not like they're introducing these two characters for like a really major plot point. They're bringing them in so we feel a little sympathy, and then they kill them off. And you know, so I, I get that. And you know, I don't necessarily know if I have like a better way that you can get us to feel the horror and the impact of what the character is doing without us like getting involved with these characters in some very superficial manner well you know i think it builds up to the realization that that walter has that okay he's targeting specific genetic traits and okay you know in this case it's this this family in this case it's brown eyes and oh and then the the realization that this dude is really trying to eliminate everybody that is not a member of the pure Aryan race. And while you might say, well, okay, but you know, he'd have to do this on a larger scale. Yeah. But that's kind of the horror of what, what we see here. And the fact that we don't know whether there are dozens of him all around the world right. with, the, with the same idea and the same goal. And, you know, 
every horror like this starts small and yeah. and you know it, it's not as if you know he wouldn't have supporters unfortunately yeah. so 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 you know in that regard i i guess i i understood the way you know they did that and look we said many times they only got 44 minutes and, exactly and, right and and they are trying to get across that that this is a you know a a, a big plan and you know maybe you say well when walter and peter are in the guy's lab i forget whether it's walter or peter that opens up the case and pulls out you know each little blue bottle that's labeled in german and uh, whichever one it is speaks german but of course peter speaks every language Mm -hmm. um so you know well i'm just saying is it is it more horrific that how they did or if just we just see the guy walking into a wedding, lights a candle, stands in the back of the room and watches people die. Like right. I, I'm still going to feel that that's really bad and really horrific. Sure. You don't have to take the time to for us to, you know, like to, it's sad for us. We we hear these people like saying, "Oh, this is such a wonderful day. I feel so lucky and oh, I'm so in love." You're just like, yeah. well, "Well, you're probably going to die." You know, it, like so is it any? So does that make it more horrific, or am I just annoyed that they put me through that before killing these people off? Yeah, I think it's you're you're annoyed because I mean I think you have to humanize these people to for the horror to reach the level that that it really deserves. But uh, you just like you just see a wedding and all of a sudden people die. Like I'm gonna feel that that's pretty bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I think if they had only it's because they did it to me. They did it twice. I think well, the second time around, like, oh, all right, I'm hitting the BS button. Well, you know, like, and, and then, <laughs> but then it's fringe. So the very next scene, uh, you know, of course, Olivia's on the scene first. We learn there are 14 dead so far. And then we see the Bishop station wagon driving erratically. We don't need to see because we know it's a foregone conclusion that it's Walter driving. And he stops by crashing into trash cans. And you see Peter try to get out and he can't. And, and you see him just shake his head and he, he finally gets out. But but that that exchange that he has with his father, do you think she'll call me dad? Mm. Who? Agent Dunham. <laughs> She's just what you need. She can see right through you. And yeah. on the one hand... He's not wrong. You know. He's not wrong. And, and on the one hand... Uh, you know, He's shipping them along with the rest of us. I was, I was about to say we've we've been doing this for probably about you know a full season by this point. Sure. So. Now she can see right through you. Obviously, we we know because we've talked about the fact that this is not the Peter Bishop from this universe. Right. So we don't know how Walter got him here or any of that but but we do know that this walter's son died so she can see right through you i mean on the i I mean is there more to that or uh, we don't have very many throwaway lines in fringe and we kind of say that about a lot of the shows we cover so i don't know exactly what to make of that maybe it is just an offhand remark that son she knows you better than you know yourself all right maybe yeah well it, 
you know, again, he's he's not wrong, and it's easy to see that that uh, Peter and Olivia are both young and good looking, and they you know, get along well with each other. And, and you know, I mean, like I said, Walter's just vocalizing what we've been saying since you know a couple episodes in the season one that oh, you know, like these two should be a couple for sure. You know, <clears throat> uh, I'm glad that they're not, but because you know, like there's always. You know, it's the the Sam and Diane syndrome, right? That uh, you get two characters that are um, that there's obviously chemistry between them. Once they finally get together, then that just can oftentimes ruin the show. It Cheers managed to get through it, but oftentimes it, it'll it'll mess up the show. Yeah. Now I would always contend that it, that would be bad writing to you know to to use that as an excuse for why a show went downhill simply because two characters that clearly have chemistry clearly like each other are there there'd be no reason for them not to at least go out on a few dinner dates or whatever it's like i don't know but again not to belabor that point but it also would be you know again like olivia we've seen on a number of occasions doesn't really have a social life Right. You know, and as far as Peter, we really don't uh, know either because he spends so much of his time taking care of Walter. Right. Um, so it's, you know, both of these people really don't have room or time in their lives for a relationship anyway. Yeah. I mean, we got the sense that Peter and Rachel might have sure. gone out a few times. Yes. We didn't really, you know, get get too many details related to that. And it didn't seem to bother Olivia, at least that we saw but you know regardless but what do you think about peter selling his grandfather's books which technically belonged to walter at that right. time i mean was it just out of spite it i mean yes and no like i mean he said in the one hand that i needed money all right but as olivia points out there's a lot of other valuable things you could have sold and peter admits like yeah but you know, I, I know these meant a lot to him. So, like, there was the, definitely an element of spite involved. We forget that in episode one of this show, Peter did not want to come back. He did not want to have anything to do with his father. You know, so we forget that there was some really bad blood between them. There's some really tough history between these two characters. You know, what since then we've seen them have a, a great relationship, right? And really to, 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 you know, repair a lot of those harms that obviously happened in the past. But, you know, that was a real thing for Peter, especially like Peter, like he, he didn't want to have anything to do with his dad. He was angry that he had to come and even to see him at all. Um, so there was, you know, there's something in there that that's for real. So we, we can't, I'm just saying we shouldn't judge Peter too harshly. It, yeah, it, it no, does I seem like a very spiteful, decision and like i am a person like i think if you're doing something out of spite you should definitely not do it but then again we we get we remember where peter was at before and so you know we understand why he might have done it right and this was 10 years prior so like you said the the last year he's been able to repair that relationship with his father and and when walter angrily tells him that you're the one that put this stuff back into the world you are to blame he's essentially saying and we feel terrible for peter but it's kind of an important scene 
among, and I'm making air quotes, the, the, the fringe family. Because you look at Olivia, and she seems kind of torn because I think, just as you explained, if you're doing it out of spite, you should rethink your actions. On the other hand, you understand how Peter got to that point. And you understand now that Peter has been able to repair the relationship with his father. It's even more painful to have to go through this. But I guess it's one of those events in in their lives in their relationship that you hope will make the bond even stronger if and when they get past it and right. well peter does some um, you know he, he does some reconciliation here you know and he goes out and gets any of the books that he can back yeah and and you know they they get a location and um you know the the first location turns out to be that artist who has used the pages for his Hitler collage? And yeah. I don't and get again, why this thing's not selling, man. Like, yeah, now people you know, just on, don't get me. Well, you know, and, and and this dude, I'm sure you noticed it. I mean, okay, fine, you've got a collage of Hitler, you've got a uh, you know flag in the background. Your freaking T-shirt, I believe, yeah. has a swastika yes. on it. So don't tell me. You're simply creating art to make this statement. Dude, this is, you know, no, yeah. stop. So and, I'm not and, buying and That's even, so, and this is where I have, like, even a difficult uh, relationship with some of the bands that I really like. Like, back in the 70s, it, like, the punk scene, it, it was, you know, like, people would dress up, would wear Nazi and take on Nazi symbology, not because they love the Nazis so much, but just to show like how anti everything they were, like how anti establishment, how much more anti establishment can you be than to walk around with, you know, like a swastika on. And so while I get that, I'm like, I don't think I can roll with you on that though, man. You know, like, um, I, I don't think like, e- even though you're being postmodernist and anti authority and everything like that, and you're actually making a statement kind of, for freedom and freedom of speech, I you pick something else, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And in the words of Peter Bishop, uh, I'm sorry, Walter Bishop, apology not accepted. Right. <laughs> when Peter comes in and and he's you know brought back the pages of the uh, the books that you know he which he's I been, thought it, was a kind of a childish. I just wish they'd give him like a better line to say than apology not accepted. You know? But but see, I guess there's that childlike quality still about Walter true, Bishop. True. So that's why I, I really loved the, the way that transpired. And then, you know, you get to the end, like you, you, you mentioned a minute or so ago that the two of them are, are kind of now reminiscing. You would have really gotten along with your grandfather. Walter tells Peter, and then, you know, they're looking through the box and the pictures and, and things like that. So, so that you, you, you know, they're going to get past this and their relationship is going to be even stronger. You would hope, but, but before we get to that, you know, then they realize, okay, this is not the guy we're looking for. Oh, damn. I missed a perfect, this is not the droid you're looking for. I'm <laughs> um, sorry. I should have gotten it on the first try. Well, let's, let's um, go back. Let's get it in. It's worth it. <laughs> um, the SWAT team enters and we see 
the Nazi dude in the basement. Now we don't know. He's clearly got some secret exit somewhere, right? Because he gets out and we don't, we don't see it, but obviously he does. The FBI determines the air is safe. No need for masks. And I'm thinking like, what the actual F? Okay. Now, really? (laughs) That is a huge, really, they deserve, Maybe three reallys. I would like go really, really, really on them because that was just that was ludicrous. Yeah. Right. So uh, Olivia yep, finds all clear door. here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're fine. Whole right. house has been checked. Oh shit! There's a basement. Look at that. <laughs> yep. And, and and of course, then you know Walter's sweater turns up there. And we, you know we do get that one scene where you kind of have to look at it and maybe rewind for a second that that the Nazi dude is actually in the bishop's home. Yeah, I did catch that. I did have to rewind though because I like they, he walks past the picture. I'm like, oh, what is that? And I look back like, oh, yeah. I'm thinking he's like, okay, literally in their apartment. Yeah, right. Because I'm thinking I now okay, why does he have a picture of the bishop? But yeah, like you said, once we realize that he's trying to create the master race by the process of elimination. Again, we, you know, we talked at the beginning about just how horrific that, that really is. I'm also surprised that they leave Walter at the lab. I guess Astrid is with him at that point. I mean, we see other agents and they're going about their business as if they know what they're actually doing and looking for, but, you know, they're just a bunch of extras. I was just surprised that uh, they they leave Walter there. And then he grabs that. I mean, we obviously we learn what it is at the end of the episode, but I'm looking at that. All right. I have no idea what that device is or what it does. Um, well, we, we assume, at least I assume that, oh, he's, you know, once again, found the the you know the solution found the thing that's going to save everyone like even which this he guy. which he did uh, you know well, yeah kind of well i mean and i forget again i forget whether it was alan or uh fred that i think it was probably fred although i could be wrong it could be Alan. Uh, how quickly walter comes up with the solution right and is able to then you know no, actually yeah. put it into practice 40 minutes yeah right right <laughs> right right and and the irony that he goes into the center you know, this conference on tolerance and he's carrying this Nazi case that, you know, I guess nobody seems to bat an eye at, but I guess, you know, whatever, but (laughs) we certainly can't help but notice it. You know, just the end, we see uh, somebody, you know, we hear him, uh, you know, the Nazi guy choking and of course, Peter and Olivia and the FBI people think it's, you know, it's begun and, and of course it has. And then we see Walter up there with his little yeah. device to disperse this targeted toxin. So, but you know, and this the toxin is, I guess, heavier than air though. Like it's, it's, it's unclear because it seems like in the wedding, right. And again, not a scientist. So just like from my observations here and you know, the going through the COVID experience, but, you know, it seemed like the toxin was lighter than air because it's being dispersed through the air, but he's above the guy. So in order for the toxin to reach him, it must have dropped down through the air. So well, right. case, and he it's even, heavier than air. Well, he even tells uh, Astrid that we need to go to higher ground. So he must know that. 
but not the case before, like, like in all the other times before, right? Like in right. the, uh, at the, it, it at the wedding and in the in coffee the shop, he, he lights something and, and it seems like they spread out through the air, you know, from below. So I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, that's a good Fred, point. Help us out in this one. Well, I mean, you know, that one uh, test that he does, uh, I, at first I thought it was some, some sort of a gypsy camp. And of course, we, you know, we know that the Nazis, you know, certainly targeted the, the gypsies in Europe. So well, I think it, was, it looked like just like a, an alleyway. Like a, oh, okay. But, like but a city. He, so he's going to test his the dispersion rate. And like you said, it, it seems to rise rather than fall. Yeah. So did right, Walter. Right, because that one, he, he was on the ground. It was like literally on right, the ground. Right. So I guess Walter just, uh, you know added uh he, know, they didn't think we were paying attention before yeah now the other thing before we get to the closing scene you know after you know broils essentially tells walter you're off the hook just go home and and there's not going to be any charges walter and olivia have a moment and, you know he's talking to her about his feelings mm-hmm. about the importance of family and that that line there's nothing i wouldn't do and then she walks away. So what does he mean? And the other thing I noticed on the rewatch, Peter's on the phone in the background, like up against the wall. And I'm thinking like, all right, well, everybody's here. Who are you talking to? Right. So I don't know. And I, and this is, again, this is one of these things I don't remember whether it ever becomes important. I kind of feel maybe not, but yeah. I, I'm just wondering Who's he talking to? I mean, the only person he could possibly be talking to that I, I think would be Rachel. Right. And why to let her know that Olivia is safe? I mean, how would Rachel know that Olivia was in danger? So I don't know. I, uh-huh. I just I just saw that. And, and, and again, shows like Fringe don't do stuff like that for no reason. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes they do. <laughs> like, okay. Sometimes uh-huh. things happen and it's like. Like for example, the, the Nazi, right? Like you think like this is going to some they're definitely going to follow up for, and I, I don't think they ever did. So yeah, let's see if these podcasters say notice anything about Peter, right? So, right. But uh, you know, then then that final scene, like we we talked a few minutes ago, Peter and Walter kind of going through you know a box of photographs and some of his work, and Peter brings up the fact that we still don't know how he got his grandfather's work and Walter's reaction. Perhaps there are some mysteries destined to remain unsolved. Right now is truly that what he believes or is he just simply saying, I know and you don't, and you may not ever know. So we don't know. And, and yeah. I, I like the ambiguity. I, I'm fine with that. I mean, it would sure. be nice to have an answer. But I think but- you know, both Fred and Alan, I think both mentioned this idea of their thinking that Walter definitely knows more than he's letting on here. And I certainly got that feeling as well. So um, that last line to me seemed like, you know, just stop asking questions, Peter. Just let it go, you know. But he, he, but he knows more. I don't know if he knows – the answer i don't think he does but it seems like he he knows or maybe you know he doesn't want to go digging too deep into his dad's nazi history you know well like for him his dad is a hero he's a guy who 
help the Allies against the Nazis. And, you know, he doesn't want to, if, maybe he fears if he, he digs too much that he'll find out that that was not the case. Yeah. And is it kind of an offhand allusion to Peter's origin story? Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. What else? Well, they're, they're using chromium. Uh, I think it's chromite that is something that was, um, there, there's a mine here at the Soldier's Delight, uh, right near where I live, where um, they, uh, was, there's a chromite uh, mine there. From I mean, not anymore. I mean, the mine's still there, but you know, no one uses it anymore. But, so, I don't know. Just a little local chemistry. Uh, Markham's back in Markham's. That was nice, right? Gotta love it. Gotta love it. That's cool. He's great. Uh, don't see that guy enough. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's about it. I think that I got. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to our listener feedback and we'll hear from Fred first this week and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the fringe episode, the Bishop Revival. Season 2, episode 13, or according to IMDb, episode 14. Today is Pentecost, and we call it the first day of Pentecost, because with Monday is the second Pentecost day, and in Dutch we say Pinksteren. The same is true for Christmas, by the way. First Christmas day, second Christmas day, and no Boxing Day. I actually don't know if Boxing Day is an official holiday, but in the Netherlands, second Christmas Day is a national holiday as well. Let's start with this Nazi Alfred Hoffmann. It became actually quite clear in the beginning that we have a Jewish wedding and there is standing somebody like him, with his short-cut hair and his typical glasses. Before anybody said it's a Nazi, I already thought it's a Nazi. And this whole setting reminded me very much of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. Also the setting of somebody from the Nazi past being in the present. At the end I found it a little disappointing that Walter was looking at his photograph of his father and that you see this guy in the back. Because it was already clear enough that he came from the past. It would have been nicer if you just knew it, but still with a little doubt, and now it became just too evident. They also could have called this episode being disappointed about what others do. Of course we are disappointed what this Alfred Hoffman does, but Walter is also disappointed about that Peter sold his father's books. Apology not accepted. And I think Olivia is quite disappointed that Walter just cold-blooded killed somebody and performed his own Nuremberg trial. Putting that seahorse sign in the molecular structure reminded me very much of, of course, Orphan Black, where they put a code in every of the Lida clones in the DNA and even a statement of copyright. Also reminds me a little bit of the series Biohackers, a German Netflix series Dave and I watched. Very nice series to watch. And what they did actually is putting the digital file of one of the episodes of this series into DNA. Of course you could bring the digital recording of an episode back to ones and zeros. You can translate that in GATC of the DNA code 
via a DNA synthesizer, and in that way you could put a whole episode into DNA molecules. And that's what they did. I will post a very interesting short video about that on the Facebook page. Okay, typical fringe nitpicks. One is that Walter was very fast in synthesizing the right toxin to just target Alfred Hoffman. And the second nitpick is the other way around. When Alfred Hoffman targeted Walter, that Walter survived. Because we saw that many other people died very quickly. But yeah, in that way we would lose one of the main characters of this series. As a geneticist, I have, of course, a little bit uh, problems with this episode because it puts genetics quite in a negative daylight. I really wonder if an episode like this still could be made today or that it is regarded as being too tricky in the age of equality, diversity and inclusivity. Although, on the other hand, as in our 8 o'clock news last night, it was told that there are two African countries that are preparing a law against homosexuality, with even the possibility to land up in jail, perhaps even lifelong. And in the same news, I heard that when uh, President Erdogan in Turkey will win the election, he has to form a coalition with a very conservative party who wants to diminish women's rights. Huh? What? Are we going back to the dark ages here in this world? What about equality in 2023? Well, as you can hear in the background, it is Pentecost. Oh nee, it's a normal Sunday. Oh no, it's Pentecost. Whatever, the church bells are ringing. What do I think of a grade for this episode? I think I would go for an 8 or a 9. So that would be in the state of Maryland high school gradings. An A minus or an A. I think an A. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Fred, I definitely can see the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter illusion. I mean, I didn't when I was watching it, but now that you mention it, um, you know, two of my favorite shows as i've mentioned you know many times yeah, especially agent Carter, i love that show oh uh, yeah, yeah um you know yeah again we talked about the ambiguity of the photograph and and uh you know as fred you you mentioned whether or not this episode could be would be made today i don't know that that's i don't know I, I, I kind of doubt it. I mean, it could be, but well, I think I, they I, would. I thought there was some very much 2020-ish type vibes here with, you know, the bad guy's uh, unquestionable bad guy, right? Well, Nazi, yeah, unquestionable but, bad guy. And then he, he, in the end, was he one to try and disrupt? He wants to kill people at like some kind of like world unity festival or something. Right, but how do you make an episode like this now and not get at least some level of political and make some political comments. I don't see how you can't. It's right. To me, it would be impossible. It would be like, how can you not? So, 
and and they may just say I don't want to go down that road and on the one hand that's unfortunate but um, now Fred also mentions a series and it's come up before I probably mentioned it in my what I'm watching and that's a German show called biohackers which I believe is on Netflix had two seasons short season I think there's six episode seasons I uh, haven't heard about a season three yet but uh, yeah Fred and I both dig that show I, you haven't seen it right I haven't that's that's I remember when you were you were adamantly trying to get me well I shouldn't say this adamantly but I remember you were talking about it enough to a degree that I actually I don't know if I actually started watching it or just thought about it but didn't but I mean that's kind of a show I got in my back burner in my, okay. in my brain here okay all right. Um, what else about Fred? Well, it's funny because uh, one of my friends from high school is over in Germany right now, and she said how all the bars are closed because it's Pentecost. So, um, so yeah, I just you know, I mean, it's Pentecost in America too, but probably most people don't even know that. All right. Well, let's hear what Alan's got, and we'll be back to talk about his. Hi to everyone at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Alan from England with some feedback on the latest uh, podcast and the Fringe episode, The Bishop Revival. Interesting to hear the ongoing discussions about Fahrenheit and Celsius or centigrade. In the 70s or 80s here in the UK, we would often use Fahrenheit for warmer temperatures. So we would be familiar that 70 or 80 degrees would be you know, warm or getting hot. But we would use Celsius for really cold temperatures, knowing that zero was freezing. So we kind of use both at the same time. In the same way that we still use imperial miles for distance, but we use metrics for kilograms and liters. It's all very mixed up. What I'm watching, I saw the first season, that Brazilian uh, mythical fantasy, Invisible City. Really enjoyed the characters, the mystery, and then the, the hints just before the reveal about various people's background or origin or parentage. However, near the end of episode one, where somebody appears in the back of a truck where they hadn't been before, but something else had been, I kept wondering, well, when did they turn up? How did they get there? And it was only about two hours after I'd finished watching the episode that I suddenly realized what it was that was supposed to have happened. I've watched most of season one of Brave New World. Having never read the book, I just enjoyed it for what it was. So that was no problem at all. At that bit before they traveled to the Savage Lands, where uh, Bernard offers to carry uh, Lena's bags, but then just nods to the porter, reminds me a lot of uh, work trips to the Middle East, where many of us Western guys would go into the baggage claim area and demonstrate our physical prowess by waiting for the heavy bags on the carousel and then almost make a show of handling them like we just hunted down and carried an antelope back to the tribe or something. Whereas the local people would demonstrate their prowess by hiring porters to just take care of it all. Okay, Fringe, the Bishop Revival. Of course, that could refer to kind of the English restoration of monarchy and various parts of the church in the 15 or 1600s, or even some kind of chess move. But I'm pretty sure it's just about Peter and Walter and Robert Bishop. We see preparations for the wedding and notice some Jewish aspects, such as those uh, skull caps or head coverings, and immediately wonder how this is going to be relevant. When the old woman points out the mysterious guest, we get a strong feeling that he's some kind of oppressor. And knowing our history, we have a pretty strong suspicion about what kind of oppressor he might be. It looks like Walter is more focused on shipping Peter and Olivia than actually driving. 
And of course, when it comes to tuxedos, purple never goes out of style. Now, did the victims react to something they ate or drank? I thought maybe this was some kind of reference to kosher food or something like that, but that was a red herring. And now I can't even remember if both sides of the family were Jewish or not, so I had no idea. Walter gets to investigating in the lab. Now, is it my hearing, or does he actually call Astrid Ostrich at about eight minutes in? She doesn't seem to react, so maybe that's just me. It takes Walter about two minutes to decide it's the Nazis, which normally is a stretch in most situations, but here he knows more and we soon find out. After finding out in that second experiment with the hot cup of tea that targeted people with brown eyes, I then had to do another mini rewatch again and again to find out the eye colour of the little girl and their mother. I think they were safe, but of course a whole bunch of other people obviously weren't. When Hoffman comments that he looks just like his father, I thought at first he was referring to Peter rather than Walter, but the complicated past of Robert Bishop or Bischoff is soon revealed. On the trail of the long lost or sold books, we have another trip to the fabulous Markham. Somehow I thought he was in many more episodes, but perhaps it's just because he's so memorable in the few episodes he appears in so far. I like how we are misdirected by a shot of Hoffman in his lab, then followed by Peter and Olivia entering what turns out to be a completely different place. Something in the suspect's DNA indicates he would be a hundred years old, which seems fantastical, but one of the things Walter had said was being worked on was eternal youth. It looks like the third experiment was more about testing the spread rather than refining the target group. Experiment four is very specific indeed, as it affects Walter, but I don't think it affected Peter. Or maybe he was too far away. Luckily, there is a bishop revival and Walter recovers pretty quickly. For the final attack, I thought there was a bit of a problem with the science as a combination of characteristics would affect a very narrow set of people, not everyone except those with blue eyes, fair hair, etc. Or perhaps the mixture uh, was going to take out a whole combination of different characteristics. In the end, is a great twist where Hoffman is the target. He's taken out with his own weapon. Another dilemma for Broyles about whether to press charges or let it go, which, of course, he does again. Well, Olivia seems less convinced about Walter's uh, choice of action. Peter does a Columbo with a kind of, there's just one thing I don't understand. Where did the toxin actually come from if it wasn't the books? And at first it's hard to know whether Walter genuinely doesn't know or is hiding something. But that final picture confirms that this Hoffman was in the original team 50, 60, 70 years ago. But I don't think they ever came to understand that within the team. Another good, if uh, somewhat Monster of the Week episode. That's all for me. Take care. Alan from England. Well, Alan's going back in the back catalog of sci-fi tv rewatch which is very cool brave new world God, you know on the one hand alan i'm glad you are watching it on the other hand i'm still grappling with the disappointment that it only got one season yeah. so uh, i just uh, yeah. i don't know that was you know? that was a bummer i, I like that show a lot i love the book alan you gotta read that book dude like that is a, a fabulous book yeah that's one of my faves. So yeah. it's great. Now book. he mentions hey. he mentions Markham uh, as you did the bookstore and, and just the, the relationship he has with Peter. I, I mean, obviously they don't see each other often, but clearly they have some kind of a history that allows Peter to go in 
and and stop just short of threatening Markham. I'm not sure what he threatened or and and it's always like Olivia standing off to the side, just you know, amusingly watching these right. two just kind of go toe to toe until Walt uh, Peter gets what he actually needs. Yeah, I agree about Walter's reaction. You know, when Peter questions the origins of the toxin, and and I think he brings up Columbo in that comment, which. Well, just oh the, uh, oh, just one more thing, kind of like. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Which reminds me, oh, I mean, my wife and I, I guess we were probably only married about a year or two. And I don't know what the hell we were thinking, but I, I we would stay up. We were watching Columbo that came on at like 1230 at <laughs> night. Right. We're drinking peppermint schnapps. Ugh. And mm. I had to get up the next day to teach. And she had to go to work. I'm like, okay, fine. We were in our early 20s, but right. still, that's what the crazy, hell were man. we thinking? Yeah. I don't know what the, well, I mean, I'm not going to say Columbus back because it's a solid show. Well, yeah, sure. That I was, can't roll with the peppermint schnapps, man. Holy oh, man. Cow. Good Lord. So, anyway, all right. Anything else about Alan's? Um, well, you know, Alan, go to your library and get uh, Brave New World straight away. Read that. Um, the head coverings are called yarmulkes, by the way, for that uh, Jewish people put on their head to show their humility before God. Um, I definitely caught him, Walter, calling Astrid ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, that's the new one. And it um, didn't even phase her. Right. She's just like, whatever. Like, yeah, at this point, for sure. Uh, the mother, I think, copped it in the, in the in the shop. We saw the kid out there getting first aid, but the mother's... Uh, body was was on the floor there and everything so and it's interesting that the that the the walter virus or the thing whatever did not affect peter but i i, I think it is it was specifically targeted just for walter and not for like all the bishops uh, dna but there's one more thing I, I meant to show up about fred's that well of course then the is, question is we know this is not his son right, right. so did the did the nazi dude intend to take out both bishops Correct. That that we do not know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, there's actually one other thing that I meant to, to, in response to Fred's part there. One part there, Fred says, uh, uh, you can put a hole, like a hole. Like, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. It sounded <laughs> funnier in my head. When <laughs> I guess you go back and listen to it. Maybe it'll, it'll sound funnier. Actually, now that I'm saying it, it doesn't sound funny at all, but I don't know. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to go A minus on this one. Yeah, I, I was like the A minus B plus kind of range. I think I might go B plus just to be contrarian here. Okay, that's uh, fair enough. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like I, I guess I feel like they they did a nice job of of building up to the the recognition of what this guy's end game really was. Um, and then kind of sprinkled in the, the stuff about um, family and Walter shipping Olivia and Peter and, um, you know, just, just the, the kind of relationship building that, that Walter and Peter have been going through. We don't see too many pitfalls. You know, there's been a lot of smooth sailing right. along the way. True that. And in this one, you know, this is a pretty big deal, uh, what what Peter did. And and again, we we talked about, you know, 
you know, why he did it and all that. But yeah. all right, so I'll go. I think there was just you- too many like things that I thought were just like the really, really like, for example, everyone taking two steps inside the, the Nazi guy's house and being like, okay, we're all clear. Everyone takes off their gas masks and Olivia sees that there's a basement and still goes in the basement without the gas mask on just stuff like that. It's just like that. It, like you're, you're just, you're pulling me out of the story here, right? You're yeah, making me remember that I'm watching a television show and you didn't need to, you know? So I get that, you know, Walter needs to take his mask off in order to, you know, get, you know, nailed by the, the, the venom or whatever. But, you know, I, I would say overall, even like, does that them targeting Walter like that? Does, I mean, he, he's saved immediately, right? The, the danger isn't like a major plot point. Does anything come out of that, that it was really necessary? Right? Well, I guess the point would be that, that, Walter Bishop is the only person that can put a stop to this. I mean, at least that's, I think, what this guy's thinking sure. is. Right, right. So. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be plus. I'm sticking with it. Okay. All right. Fred, Allen, thank you so much. Um, all right. Well, why don't we uh, go ahead and leave it there, if that's okay with you? Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe. Anything going on in your genre world? I've had the peripheral in my mind of late. Maybe time for I did too, funny enough. Yeah, personal rewatch. Yeah. Um, check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about episode 14 of the Fox series Fringe titled Jacksonville. But until then, you know, Dave, you know, I gave it the B plus, right? And you just have to live with it. And if you plan to press charges, then so be it. But I don't regret what I did. <laughs>